Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. Um, how's everyone going? <laughs> Good. Yeah, this is actually my first day out of, out of ISO. Um, <laughs> Which is pretty cool. I, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's great. I, first out of ISO, I got to come here, which is awesome. Um, it was actually yeah, praise God. We we all had fairly mild symptoms, and yeah, my family got COVID two weeks ago, and then I thought I got away with it, but I had another week of ISO. Um, but yeah, look, it's it was actually quite a special time. Really, we had we were walking every day on our property, and God really turned on the weather for us. It was, it was sunny days and. Cool southeasterly breeze in the evenings. So it, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, today I'm going to be talking about serving. Um, yeah. So as part of as part of this series that we've been going through called "What on Earth Am I Here For?" Um, it's based on a book called "The Purpose Driven Life" by Rick Warren. Um, and I've got to say, I haven't actually read all the book, but it's it's a good book. I'd encourage you to read it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, this morning I'm going to be talking about how we are called, uh, how we are called to serve. And I want to start by thanking and acknowledging a huge amount of people that serve within this church. There's so many areas uh, that people serve that most of us would have no idea about. Um, and I just want to say that, that God sees you and, and it's him that we are serving when we serve as the body of Christ. And we serve... Um, yeah, and when we serve, it's not just that his church is strengthened, but, um, but that through our service, we reveal Christ to people and also that they might come to know him too. Amen. I've got to say that over the past few weeks, I've noticed a distinctive theme, like with, with this series, from when Rach and, and, um, and Dennis Prince spoke about worship a few weeks back. And then David speaking about fellowship uh, to Coxie's message last week, we are one. Uh, there is a common theme that it's not about us. It's about God. Whether it be about worship or fellowship or the church, it's a whole lot more about who he is than it is about us. And the same theme follows when we talk about serving. When we serve God, we are putting him first. And we serve because he first served us. In Matthew uh, chapter 8, verse 28, it says, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we serve because our identity is in Christ. When we believe in Jesus, when we give our lives to him, we are changed. The Holy Spirit actually changes us and we become a new creation in Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, uh, it reads, God saved you by grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. 
So we are called to serve God. The Bible says that in whatever we do, we are doing it for the Lord. Serving is an act of worship. I always like to remember that when I'm serving, that what I'm actually doing is an act of worship to God. I find that when I'm mindful of this, it really makes serving about spending time with God. And it's amazing how serving becomes a real time of blessing. I find this particularly helpful when I'm doing the more mundane and seemingly less important tasks because it reminds me that when I'm serving, no matter how unimportant it seems, it's always important to God. In the New Testament, Paul talks about his church as being the body of Christ. So when we serve each other, we are actually serving Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 12, reads, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body and one spirit, by the one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it, it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange the body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together. Such extra honour and care be given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes harmony among the members so that the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. Each of you is part of it. So we see in this passage that God has created us all to be different. We all have a unique part to fill in the body of Christ. We all have a unique shape. God has created us and redeemed us that we may serve him, but he has created us all different and unique. It's like some of the hikes I've been on. You go out with a group, but it'd be pretty boring if everyone was the same. Everyone brings a different dynamic to the group. There's always the one who's just soaking up the scenery, enjoying God's creation, they don't really care when we get there. They're just there to help us remind, they're just there to help remind us why we're there in the first place. 
And then there's, and then the, well, with some of the hikes I've been on, there's, there's our native flora and informa flora information junkie and botanist, Mike. <laughs> Always ready to give us info and botanical names on everything while stuffing his pack full of cutting material. Don't, don't tell Parks. Um, then there's the one who's keeping a close eye on the GPS so that we can get back on track once we've become lost. I've got to say that's me. And there's always one who brings enough dried fruit and nuts to feed an army. It makes up for the fact that everyone else packed too light. Thanks, Dave. And of course, there's the one that brings all the lollies, hey, Coxie? <laughs> and so it is with the church. We are part of the same body, but we all have a different role, and we all bring something different to his church. God has created us to be different from one another, amen? The Bible talks about spiritual gifts that God has given us. Some of these are spoken about in the New Testament. Spiritual gifts such as words of knowledge, prophecy, healing and more. These gifts are given to us to strengthen his church. They are gifts that when we receive them, we're meant to give, that they are meant to be given. It's amazing to see the Holy Spirit work through us in these ways and the Bible tells us that we must earnestly desire these gifts. But just as these spiritual gifts are given to us that we might bless the church with them, so our natural gifts and abilities are also given to us that we might bless others through them. God has developed and shaped us and given us abilities not just from our, for our own enjoyment, but also that we can use them to serve him. So these natural gifts God has blessed us with, some we are born with, some we are developed through interests and passions as we live. Some are gained through experiences, but whatever the gifts we have, they're from God. It's ultimately him who has shaped us. I believe God will use our passions and abilities to serve him. I've heard it said that if you want to know where you're serving or your ministry gifts lie, it's often where your passion is. If we are serving within our natural gifting, it will be enjoying to serve. Challenging for sure, but it's often the thing that we find easy compared to other things. Often it will be the thing that others might see and say, gee, I don't know how you do that. I find that really hard, but it seems to come naturally to you. Often that's a good place to start if we're wondering what our ministry, um, what area of ministry God is calling us to. You might think, wow, I just love to study the word and talk to people about it. I feel like I could do it for hours. Maybe God could use your abilities to run a small group. You may say, I have such a heart for people. I love to connect and see how they're going and share and pray with them. So give someone a call, catch up for a coffee and pray. You may say, I really love gardening. I love to work the ground and see God's amazing creation come to life. Maybe God will use this passion for his glory. Maybe you can use the use this passion to bless others also, and not just bless others, because God wants us to use our gifts and abilities to point people towards him. God has shaped us all differently so that the body of Christ is an amazing, diverse group of people that fits together to fulfill a much larger, complex plan. He has shaped us all to be different, not just so that we can strengthen and encourage each other, 
but also that he can reveal himself to others in different ways. God wants us to use our gifts and abilities to point people towards him. Now, I believe that God wants us to aim for excellence and to develop our gifts. Once we've realized our gifts, it's good to develop them. I think it's good to, just, to strive for excellence. After all, we use our gift to worship and serve God. We need to practice our gifts. Now, music clearly runs in my family, but as a musician, I've had to take lessons and practice, and over the years, I've become more proficient. I can just learn enough to get by, or I can really embrace that God has given me to continue to grow and become more skilled. That way, you, God can use my skill even more. The same applies to whatever we're gifted with. If your gifting is making coffee, um, don't just settle for average coffee. Aspire to make excellent coffee. <laughs> if your gift is in leadership, then train and develop your skill. God never stops growing us in our giftings. Sometimes, sometimes we take the things that we find easy for granted. We can often overlook that God has shaped us in a very specific way for a very specific purpose. There may be an area that we are passionate about that others really struggle with. Take music, for example. I love to play the guitar, and while it's something I had to learn and practice, it was something that I really enjoy. So the idea of getting up here to worship God, is, it's a pleasure for me. I really enjoy it. I could do it every week and not get tired of it. But if I ask someone else who isn't musical, it will be a struggle for them because they are not serving within the gifts God has given them. Now, while this is a good guide, if you're wondering where God might want to use you, I have to say it does not mean that God will never ask us to serve in a ministry area that we are not naturally gifted in. He surely will. In fact, I guarantee he will. In my experience, God loves to take us out of our comfort zone so that we need to rely on his strength and not our own. Even though our primary ministry might be in the area that God has shaped us, we need to be willing to serve wherever God leads us. I remember a time a few years ago where God really challenged me. I was so sure that God wouldn't use me in certain areas of ministry because I wasn't comfortable with them. Because God would never want to take me out of my comfort zone, right? <laughs> um, I'd pigeonholed myself into only doing certain things. I'm an introvert, right? But I love to work. So I'll just be the guy in the background mowing lawns, coming to work in bees things that don't involve putting myself out there too much and certainly not standing up here speaking. <laughs> Here I am. But God likes us to grow and develop new skills and most of all, he wants us to rely on him. So I vividly remember that God, what God was saying. I have more for you to do. Don't limit yourself to what you think you can do in your own strength. It was actually a time that I came up for prayer a few years ago, and I can't even remember if it was a specific word or something just God just put in my mind, but it was clear. All of a sudden, I came to the realization that I needed to be willing to serve him however he asked me to serve. 
not just in the areas I felt comfortable with. Since then, I've found myself up here, which is kind of funny because it's really not something that comes naturally to me. I hear people say how they love public speaking. I'm like, wow, is that, is that a thing? Like, <laughs> seriously. My, my wife, Rachel, on the other hand, she's a natural. She just says, just give me a microphone in five minutes and I'll, I'll find something to say. And she does. She has a gift and God uses that. But sometimes, calls us to, sometimes God calls us to work outside of our natural abilities because he wants us to grow and he wants us to rely on him. And there's times that I've been preparing to speak that, I've been su- that has, have been such a time of seeking God and trusting him and to be honest, they've been such a time of blessing for me personally and I've learned so much. So don't typecast yourself into ministry areas because you never know where God is going to call you. You may find new skills you never knew you had. Even the Apostle Paul, who travelled and preached and wrote most of the New Testament, claimed he was timid and not good at public speaking. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, uh, Paul says, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. So pray about it. Dare to ask God where he wants you to serve, because you never know where he might lead you. Romans 12 talks about how we are meant to use the gifts God has given us as part of the body of Christ. Uh, Romans 12 verse, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 12 verse 6 uh, says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. God has, if God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love that showing kindness is a gift. It's awesome. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And my next point is that to be effective as a servant, we need to have our identity firmly based in Christ. If we don't, we'll become easily discouraged. We'll try to live up to others or our own expectations. Or we can fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to others. Our self-worth and our security needs to come from who we are in Christ. When our identity is in Christ, 
we are less likely to be worried about what people think because we are serving him. When we believe in Jesus, when we give our lives to him, we are changed. I'm going to read this scripture again from Ephesians that I, that I read earlier. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Which is awesome, hey? But at this point, I have to say that, that we are human. We can get distracted from why we serve and become discouraged. I think I find sometimes it's good to do an attitude check. I sometimes ask myself, whose approval am I looking for? Is it God's approval or the approval of others? Am I seeing my service as an act of worship? Have I lost my servant's heart and started to focus on where others aren't meeting my expectations? It's easy to find ourselves there. I'm sure we've all been there at times, which is, it's, um, yeah, it's good we've got such a loving and forgiving God, hey? There's, a, there's an example a bit like this um, in the book of Luke. Uh, chapter 10, where we have two sisters named Mary and Martha, and, um, and they invited Jesus around for dinner. Sounds like a fairly typical Thursday night, right? Um, <laughs> and and Martha, Martha was the one that invited him around, I think, and, and she was all caught up with the dinner preparations, like, I can just imagine her in the kitchen, like, kind of freaking out, trying to get it all done, and, and she was getting cranky at her sister, Mary, who was not helping. Mary was just sitting there in the presence of Jesus. And so Martha complained to Jesus. And when she complained, she, she'd really kind of lost sight of why she was serving. She'd lost her servant's heart. And I've got to say, that, that'd be easy to do. Like, I can, I can, I can empathise with, with um, Martha on that. But yeah, let's, let's not get caught up in the detail and get so caught up with where others aren't meeting our expectations that we lose our servant's heart. But you know what? It happens. And when it does, we just need to turn to him, don't we? Because it's the Holy Spirit, that, it's only the Holy Spirit that can change our attitude. It's the Holy Spirit working in us that gives us our servant's heart in the first place. One last point that I want to cover is finding balance as a servant. Just like Martha, we can lose sight of our purpose and even though we are all created to be servants, part of being a good servant is dedicating time to be quiet and time to recover. Sometimes we can think that as Christians we just got to keep pushing forward, and never slow down. But Jesus took time to spend with his Father he went into the wilderness to pray and recover. And, the book of, and in the book of Mark, we read how he instructed his disciples to take time out and rest from their, when they returned from their ministry trip. Mark chapter 6, um, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves 
to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that his disciples didn't even have time to eat. Imagine that. That's pretty chaotic. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. And even though the crowds followed them and Jesus continued to teach them because he had such compassion for them, Jesus still gives us an example that it's important to seek rest and recover. People burn out, so don't neglect the importance of taking time to rest. God even gave us an example to follow to have a day of rest. The Sabbath was a very important day in the Old Testament law. We always need to take time to rest, to pray and restore. A servant God it's a lifelong calling. And what a, what a blessing it is to serve, but we need to be in it for the long haul, not 160 k's an hour and burn out in two years. Yes, always be willing to serve and eager to put our hand up wherever it's needed, but be prayerful and consider carefully before we either commit to or say no to other opportunities to serve. Lastly, I want to say that serving is such a blessing. When we meet as brothers and sisters in Christ and are looking for ways we can bless each other, we are all in turn blessed. And even though we all have different gifts and abilities and capacities, we all serve the same God and work toward the same goal, goal as the body of Christ, which is to point people toward Jesus to reveal to people that Jesus loves them and died for them and wants to redeem them to himself. And ultimately, we are called to go into the world and make disciples for him. Let's ask the band to come up uh, as I read this last scripture and just start to play. That'd be, that'd be awesome. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 uh, to 17, it reads, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you say or do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him. Sorry, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. As the band plays, if I could just ask everyone to close their eyes and just think about where you're at right now. As we sit here, what's God saying to you about serving? Maybe He wants to keep, maybe He wants to encourage you in what you're doing and encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Maybe God is challenging you to step out into something different, something you weren't expecting, maybe. Maybe God is calling you to pause to rest and recover.
Lord, I thank you that you loved us and have called us to be your servants. Lord, I thank you that you have shaped, shaped us for your purpose. Lord, I pray that wherever we are today, Lord, I pray that you lead us in the steps that we take next, Lord. And whatever, we, and whatever steps we take next, Lord, we thank you that you love us and are always with us. Amen.